0: Hey folks, CA Rachana Ranade here and I welcome you all to another episode of Finance Simplified, the podcast where the viewpoint of the audiences are extremely bipolar. So let's get started. Few people are very bullish about the stock because they say, oh, this stock has become 3x in less than five months. But there are some people who will be extremely bearish about this stock because They say that, oh my God, this stock has lost almost 90% of the value. We are going to understand about few key points about the company. Number one, we'll understand about the business model of the company in absolute detail. Number two, we'll understand about the government stance about the renewable energy sector, especially the wind sector. And number three, we'll try and understand the reasons about the fall of Suzlon. what was the exact pain point. And we'll also try and understand whether that pain is over or not. Now, first, let's understand as to what does the company do? It's a global renewable energy solutions provider. Now, what does this mean? See, the word global means that whatever product or service that they are selling, that's not only in India, but they also sell their services and products outside India as well. So Second part is renewable energy solutions. Now, whenever I'm talking about renewable energy, I'm sure you can think about something like solar, wind, hydro and whatnot. But this company is mainly into the wind energy category and they are providing certain services about that. But which three business segments does the company, I mean, is the company into? Companies mainly into the sale of wind turbine generator. They are also into operations and maintenance services and number three, foundry and forging. But what we are going to do, we are going to understand each and every business segment in absolute detail. And the first one, which is sale of wind turbine generator, many people feel this is the most important segment for this company, why? Because this generates almost 60% revenue from the business. Whatever type of, uh, you know, wind turbines they were generating, the overall size is increased. The rotor diameter in the initial years, it was like just 52 meters. And now they have come up to a case where the rotor diameter is 144 meters. But why is this important? You can just remember something like this. Higher the rotor diameter, higher will be the energy generated. Currently, 144 meter rotor diameter, that wind turbine can generate three megawatts of power. Okay, so I hope you have understood this part of the story. Now, coming to how much revenue is this business segment generating, as I mentioned, it's 60%. And if I'm talking about H1FY24, that number comes to 1679 crores. Now, let's try and understand whether the revenue has been increasing or, or decreasing. Financial year 2021 20, 22, the number has been continuously increasing. 22, 23 it has slightly dropped. And even if I try to double up on the F- H1FY24 revenue, that still seems to be on a downward trajectory. Now, why? Because H1FY24 number is 1,679 crores. Even if for simplicity purpose, I calculated like 1,700 crores, double of that will be how much? 3,400 crores. So I can imagine something like this, 4,376 uh, 3, 4, crores, down to 3,781 crores and down to 3,400 crores. But <clears throat> when I try to understand about this point, In the management commentary, the management mentions that H1 and H2 ratio is anywhere between one third and two-third. Now, when I try to interpret this, management is trying to say that whatever revenue is generated in the first half, typically 2x of that will be generated into the second half, okay? H1 FY23 was how much? 1732 crores, 1732 crores. Now again, double of that will be how much? 3400 crores. So, had that been the scenario for H2, 1700 crores plus 3400 crores would have totaled to 5100 crores and that was not the case with FY23. 23. So, what I feel is that doubling the H1 revenue can be a little bit steep of an expectation. I'm not going to keep that as my own expectation, right? So I hope you have understood about the overall revenue numbers. But the big point comes here is who is their clientele and how about the Ebidda numbers? So they serve two types of clientele, I can say one is government and one is industrial houses. But more important than that is the EBITDA number. And EBITDA is just at 34 crores as per the latest data. And that is like less than 8% of the total EBITDA. So why did I thought of telling this to you? Many people feel that this segment is the most important because it contributes more than 60% of the revenue. But the important point here is that it contributes less than 8% of the EBITDA. Now let's move on with the second business vertical that is operations and management and maintenance services, right? Now, what is this for that? Let's visualize or let's try and imagine a turbine, okay? Now, can you imagine that it's such a huge wind turbine and do you think once installed the work is over? Answer is obviously not. It will require some oiling, some cleaning and for that typically you can visualize something like this that an AMC or an annual maintenance contract can be given to a party, Which party? The same company, Suzlon, right? So for Suzlon, please understand this. It's not only going to be like sale of wind turbines. One part of the revenue is selling the wind turbine. Second one is going to be operating and maintaining that same wind turbine. I hope this part is clear. But how much is the how much is the number that they are currently maintaining right now? That the company has a fleet of more than ten thousand one hundred plus wind turbines, and all these across various countries in six continents, accumulating to an installed base capacity of fourteen point three gigawatts, which it services. You will understand that overall installed capacity base is increasing. Higher the base is equal to more and more wind turbines is equal to more and more servicing that they are going to do is equal to more and more revenue that they are going to generate but how much revenue is contributed by this business segment that's barely 31 percent of the total revenue but a very important point comes up here is that the EBITDA contribution is more than 85 percent of the total EBITDA so with this I hope you'll understand that for this company okay selling the wind turbine is important that will generate revenue but that will not generate EBITDA What is going to generate EBITDA? It is going to be the operation and maintenance, which is the recurring revenue, which is going to be more important for this company. Overall EBITDA margin for this business is also around 43%. So I hope the second point is also clear. Third segment is about foundry and forging. So you can imagine something like this, that, you know, it's a huge turbine right to reach to the top you might need some ladder so they can forge this ladder out but it's a very small business it's it's hardly contributing to eight percent of the revenue even EBITDA contribution is barely seven percent so we are not going to really focus on that in the next segment we'll focus on the industry analysis Alright, now let's get started with the industry analysis part and for that, we are going to understand the thought process of Ministry of New and Renewable Energy. By the way, this is taken from their annual report. It mentions that MNRE, that is Ministry of New and Renewable Energy, they have set a target of 100 gigawatts of wind energy installations by 2030. Now, okay, 100 gigawatts is the target, but we also have to understand how much has been the installed capacity till date. And till date, the wind energy installed capacity starts stands at 42.8 gigawatts. Now, let's try and understand. What is their target? Target is 100 gigawatts. By what? By 2030. We are at the beginning of 2024. And currently, let's round it off to 42 gigawatts of installed capacity. So how much is the shortfall? Shortfall is 58 gigawatts. Within how many years they have to complete this from 24 to 30, both inclusive, it'll be seven years. So roughly eight gigawatts of installed capacity of wind energy needs to be added per year. Now, if this be so, they are going to float tenders for that, a lot of companies will bid for it and they'll get these projects. Of course, not everything is going to go to Suzlan, but some part of that has to go to Suzlan. And if that be so, if government is actually working towards it, then ideally Suzlan's order book has to be seen in the increasing trajectory. From March 23 onwards, the number has gone up for the June 23, it has gone to 1.4 gigawatts, that is nothing but 1433 megawatts, again has increased to 1613 megawatts. But now the big question is, okay, they have their order book of 1613 megawatts, means what? Can I can I look at this number with some perspective where the deliveries and revenue can be seen deliveries are in terms of megawatts of energy and revenue is in terms of rupees latest H1 FY24 data their delivery in terms of megawatts is 267 okay now even if because that's for half a year even if I double it up that will be roughly 534 megawatts now 534 multiplied by three will come somewhere around to this 1613 megawatts and that means I can say that they have orders worth three years of whatever they can complete in one year right. I can put this up in another perspective that considering the current run rate the company can generate the same level of revenue in the WTG segment for the next three years even if they don't get any fresh orders. Well, now that you have understood what does the company do, you have also understood about the industry perspective. Now let's understand what led to the big crash in the stock, a crash of almost 90% from its all time high. And we have to also understand whether that pain is over or not. But for that, we have to start from a little bit beginning, we have to dig down into the history of the company. And this dates back when Tulsi Tanti, who was the key promoter of the company and his brothers they were running the family business of making polyester yarn at that time textile business was incurring huge power bills and that is when a lot of people in that industry they went to the government and uh, tried to ask for certain power subsidies but that was the time when Mr. Tulsi Tanti and his brothers felt that why not be Atmanirbhar at that point in time so rather than buying electricity from the government why not have our own source by going off grid so basically what they did was they implemented imported two windmills and thought of generating their own energy for self-consumption. That is when 1995, back in 1995, Suzlon was set up. In fact, they also entered into a technical collaboration with German wind energy leader Sudwind Energy GmbH to strengthen and build its expertise in designing wind turbine generators. Now, let's fast forward to 2005. That is when Suzlon's public issue came up, and that was a huge success where the offer was oversubscribed by 15 times. And that time I'm talking about the 2005 era. Well, that that was a time when the company became one of the top three wind energy companies and also the Asia's biggest. But now you can imagine they are already Asia's biggest. Now, this is more. And that is when the company thought that why not expand our company to the next level? And that was the time when finance was comparatively freely available. So rather than taking the long route, first increasing the revenues, building profits, building reserves, and then buying out certain companies, they said, Let's go by the highway, let's borrow money and buy out two companies. Which two companies? First, they bought Hansen, second, they bought Senvion, and both these companies were bought at an at at an amount of 565 million dollars and 1.4 billion euros and both with borrowed money. Now, if I were to understand this borrowed money in terms of INR, the loans at that point in time were almost around 15,000 crores, to be more specific, 14,870 crores. This is back in 2008. But this is where actually the entire pers- prospects of the company started to go for a toss when the subprime crisis hit the US and in turn the whole world. Now, what was Suzlon's problem? <clears throat> Suzlon's order book comprised mainly of orders from foreign countries such as US, UK, Germany, Brazil and so on. And now two biggest energy markets of the world were Europe and US both were impacted and they actually paused their orders. So you can imagine the sequence. One, there is a huge loan of 15,000 crores. Number two, big orders from big markets have been paused. Number three, important was the government's focus, which started to shift from wind energy to solar energy. So all in all, it was becoming a big problem for this company. And did things go <clears throat> better from bad to you know better or not overall even if i'm talking about post 2008 point 2010 11 to 2014 15 overall revenue number that is stagnated in 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 the in the space of roughly eighteen thousand crores to what twenty thousand crores roughly <clears throat> excuse me even if you check out the net profit or loss all these years they were into huge losses and in fact for fourteen fifteen the amount of loss is nine thousand one hundred fifty eight. Crore rupees. In fact, it was on 11th of October 2012 that the company failed to repay $209 million of debt. And in fact, this default was one of the biggest on convertible bonds by an Indian firm. <clears throat> that is when the company decided to restructure its debt again in 2014. And in 2015, they understood that the way to go forward was to reduce their debt by generating some money and they decided to generate this money by selling off the biggest subsidiary and the revenue driver, which was Senvion. If you remember, I talked about this. They sold it off around 7,200 crore rupees and whatever money was received that was utilized for debt reduction and some for business growth. That is not where they stopped. In fact, again in 2016 and in 2020, they underwent restructuring again where the debt component got converted into equity. So all in all, I hope you have understood what went wrong for the company and what were the corrective measures that the company took, wherein, as I mentioned, they tried to convert debt into equity or they tried to repay the debt. But this has to be reflected in the balance sheet and in the P&L as well. Now I'm on Screener.in and here directly let's go to the P&L. That's where you'll understand that overall their interest has been going down year on year and now it has gone down to pretty decent levels. the PBT numbers, which were pretty steep earlier, now that has Coming, I mean that has at least the losses are now in control. In fact, TTM loss is at a very low level. In the previous year with some profit, but we'll have to check whether it was because of some there was a big other income number. Let's not dig down into that. But as of now, that the losses at least are in control even at the TTM level. Now let's go to the balance sheet figure. The point that I was trying to tell you that overall borrowings, which were at very high levels, very steep levels, now are absolutely in a manageable at a manageable number. But because I told you right, they got converted they, they converted their debt into equity. That's where you can see that the equity numbers are continuously in an increasing trend. Well that is about the PNL and about the balance sheet. But what about other agencies? So just to give you an example, Crisil, which is an, a credit rating agency that withdrawn the credit rating, for Suzlon in 2020. Rating was withdrawn. But as per the latest report, that is 25th September 2023, that the rating they have given is triple B positive, which is a good sign for the company. Now, there'll be still some people who will say that, okay, Rachna, we understood the whole story. But finally, ultimately, the point is that this stock was trading at an all-time high of almost 420. And this stock is down by how much? This is almost down by 90%. So people, those who don't do proper analysis, they just say that once upon a time, it was around 420. So it has a great, I mean, there is a great possibility that it will go back to those levels. I don't think that's how you should, you know, look at it. If you remember right now, I told you that overall debt got converted into equity. So when the stock was at 420 levels versus the stock today, right now is around 40-ish levels. The number of equity shares has gone up by 8x almost. Okay, So it's not an Apple to Apple comparison of 420 versus 38-40 levels. Also, remember that number of shares has gone up drastically. Well, I hope you understood a lot about Suzlon because there are some people who are, you know, typically newbies in the market who have just seen the rise of Suzlawn and they feel, Suzlawn manje kai? That should not be the scenario. You should understand the whole history, geography, entire thing about the company and then take a call whether you have to invest or not. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Finance Simplified. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and also found some value in it. If you did, don't forget to share it with your friends and relatives. Till then, take care. Jai